live from Burbank, California, on lockdown, it's the Nighttime Show! With us, as always, our head writer and producer, Matt Walker. I'm the voice of the Nighttime Show, Mike Black. Our host with the most is Stephen Kramer Glickman, but our very special guest, star of so many movies that it looks like a list of the greatest movies of all time, Gremlins, Beverly Hills Cop, and you've seen him on Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad, Mr. Jonathan Banks! And now, our host, the man who puts Heisenberg blue all over his El Pollo Hermanos fried chicken, Mr. Stephen Kramer Glickman! (laughs) Very, very nice, Mike Black, very nice. Wow, subtle. I mean, the nuance in that introduction. Jeez, who, who would have thought? I try and really keep Christ. it restrained. I mean, was that? I mean, were you that loud out of respect to my age, or what? Wow, wow. Oh my God, uh, Jonathan. Uh, seriously, uh, it is an absolute honor to have you on the show. Um, it's in in some ways, it's better that we're doing it over the phone because you're a very intimidating uh, 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 actor, man. I mean, my God, dude! Like every single thing you look through your history, you've been playing tough guys since tough guys were tough, man. It's it's extraordinary. Yeah. Well, I'm right now, I got to tell you, I'm out in front of the, because my house burned down in the Malibu fire, so I'm right in the house, and some dude has parked his truck in my driveway, and I'm sitting out here, no, I'm sitting out here waiting for him, it's like, you know, yeah, here, I'll park my car here. Um, Oh, shit. So that's what we're, so we may be interrupted in the middle of this interview, but... (laughs) God, I, I really wish there was a camera there to watch him realize whose who's space he's walking yeah. right now. Yeah, that's not great. If, if it's not John Cena, he better watch out. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Holy God. You know, uh, our, our friend Robert Hayes, uh, his, he lost his house in the, in the Malibu fires. I, I know that you guys worked together back, yeah. in the, uh, back in the day. No, I talked to Bobby yesterday. Um, Bobby's a good friend. Oh. Um, yeah. And, you know, L.A. County, because he's over in the county, um, all the, the good politicians that said they were going to do so much. Is, to Bobby's knowledge, he said to me yesterday, he has no idea that anybody has even been issued a permit to rebuild. And wow. it's what, a year all, year and a half later? Wow. They, wow. they should be ashamed of themselves. They really you know, it's, That's unbelievable. No, they should be ashamed. It was, I mean, there's a lot of shame to go around in some of those homes that burned, but I'm not going to get into that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, anyway, he's, uh, he's, he's, yeah, he's being patient. He's being Bobby. Well, we, I, can, we, I can tell you Bobby's, I can tell, listen, I'm going to tell you a real quick story please. about, two, you know, so it's 1988 and we're in Spain and Bobby and I are doing a movie over there. And, um, and it's late at night, and we have been served adequately. Um, and so it's it's 2 o'clock on a beautiful Spanish night on the Mediterranean in a town called Javier, and we have no ride home. So we decide we're going to walk back into town or to the hotel where we're staying. So we're walking along the road, and some guy who thinks it's funny comes off the road into the gravel and, and comes close to us. I, 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 I jump. It seems the normal thing to do. (laughs) Hayes Hayes stands there, and as the car just barely misses him, kicks the door as hard as he can. Now, Bobby Hayes is this mild-mannered, you know. (laughs) (laughs) The guy slams on the brakes and jumps out of the car, and Hayes goes for him and starts to run at him. This guy's eyes look opened wide. He jumped back into the car and got away as fast as he could. Anyway, so Hayes and I continue walking down the road. We walk across the street to, to the beach. We, with our clothes on, we walk straight into the Mediterranean as the sun is coming. And, uh, that's so yes i i know bobby I'm sure, I, I, was this was this movie was this honeymoon academy uh is that what it ended up being called it, originally it had a better title it was for better or for worse um 
but you know, I think the guy who produced all the Police Academy movies wanted to oh, to tie make it in you know, somehow. He, no, he wanted he wanted to let, lower the level to make sure that people knew it was really low life. You know? <laughs> Brilliant! I love it. Now, now you met Robert Hayes. Did you did you meet him on airplane, or did you know him already before that? You know, I mean, Bobby and I became friends on that movie in Spain. Um, I don't know if I met him on airplane or not. Hmm. You know, I don't remember. I mean, so, no. You know? Yeah, no, that, I think that movie, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, uh, that's incredible. What a, what an amazing thing. Um, I'd love to, uh, to, to go back with you just a little bit. Uh, Where did you grow up? What was your, uh, what was your childhood like? I grew up in Washington, D.C., and uh, in a place called Chillum Heights, and um, I had a single mom, and uh, she would work all day and go to school at night, and eventually retired as a college professor, but she uh, she was a lot to live up to. She was yeah. a, uh, she started out life at 15, because of the Great Depression, her daddy died, and uh, she started out in life as... Uh, a housekeeper at a Methodist parsonage, and uh, she retired as a college professor. So, wow. I I had to I had to I had a lot to live up to. Yeah. I <laughs> That's very cool. How did how did you go? Uh, how, like, how did you get into acting? Was that something? You started young, or or how did that uh, how that start out for you? Uh, it's something. It's something I always wanted to do. I mean, from the time you know that that little television screen 12 inch or whatever it was when I brought it into the house in 1955 or 54. I don't know. Mm. But as soon as the images were there, it's, um, I thought, you know, Jimmy Durante would get up and do this broad, broad, broad humor. But when he would walk out at the end of his, his show, there were those three floodlights that he'd walk into out of, out of the dark into one and into the next. And the last one, he'd lift his hat and say, good night, Mrs. Calabash, wherever you are. Yeah. And I, you know, I was so little, but I thought, I thought all that, all that big slapstick humor and then all that pathos at, at the end, I thought, wow. I thought, I didn't know why, but I thought, I want to do that. I want to be able to, I want to do that. Jackie Gleason, the honeymooners. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, there were some really poignant moments within the, the, the honeymooners where, you know, Jackie was always getting it all wrong, but uh, I've, I've told this story before, but you know, there, I don't know if they did 30, you know, it's 30 some episodes and I don't know if it was Pert Kelton or Meadows in the end, but there's one episode where they adopt a baby and they go to the hospital and, you know, Art Carney's standing there and Trixie and the priest and the doctor. And they wheel the little baby out and they say, here is your brand new baby, beautiful baby girl. And Gleason goes off. He goes, you know, he, he was going to have a boy. He was going to have a boy. <laughs> and they all kind of go out of the room crying and Gleason is left uh, alone with the baby and trying to explain to the baby, you know, it's not your fault. And of course, <laughs> it's not going to work course, out. <laughs> it's yeah. And of course what he does is fall in love with her immediately. Yeah. yeah. So, so they take the baby home and there's a knock on the door and the priest is standing there and he says, the mother's decided she wants the baby back. Oh. And Gleason goes nuts again. And, <laughs> and, 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 his wife stands there and says, but Ralph, what if it was ours? And the baby goes and the two of them stand there and look at each other and end of show. And, and, and that's a situation comedy. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. That is amazing. I, I remember seeing that as a kid and again, going, I want to do this. I just want to do this. And then it escalated to, you know, Donald O'Connor and make them laugh and, and singing in the rain and over the couch and, and up the wall and trying to do flips. And I, I tried to do all that, destroyed my mother's, mother's couch. Trying to do it. But, um, yeah. And then moving forward, I mean, I think the, the next real huge effect was, 
I was probably 16 or 17 and saw Zorba the Greek with Anthony Quinn. Oh, yeah. And somebody who just wanted to live life. And I thought, Christ on a crutch, do I want to be that guy? <laughs> and and so that's 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 the beginning of it all. Did you do yeah. uh, live theater? Did you, uh, did you ever do any I live did. Th- yeah. I did. And, you know, but I mean, in, in high school, because I was... I was a handful. My my mom was always trying to tell me there was something better. But I would, when I'd go out and play whatever sport I played poorly, I would look through the um, the gym window, and that's where they rehearsed the plays. And that's where I thought, well, that's for the smart kids. That's but I wanted to do it so bad. Yeah. So finally, in my junior year, the woman Phyllis Cartwright, who directed the plays from about I don't know. 10, 15 yards away in the hall when I was hanging out with some of my friends. And she went, thanks, you're a chicken. And I went, <laughs> I, and they, you know, I got hit in the arm and people laughed and stuff. I said, what do you mean? She said, I've seen you looking through that window for a long time. Why don't you audition for the junior class? Wow, play? she called you out. So, <laughs> she called me out and I did audition and um, we did Shaw's The Devil's Disciple, which no high school should ever do. <laughs> oh but, my God! But, That's but awesome. I, I got I got I got one of the leads in the play, and it uh, finally all my mother's good work began to come into focus. <laughs> um, That's really yeah. cool that she noticed that you know and like uh, found a way oh. to get you involved. Well, I would just stand there, you know, I mean, especially after practice, and i just watch and watch and watch and watch. And, um, yeah, and by the way, you know, this is back before calculators and stuff, and they were, yeah. a lot of these kids were good students and carrying slide rules in their pocket and stuff like that. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and they couldn't have been, and I was, uh, what, I was not of their group. Um, and they could not have been more welcoming and, and and gentle and uh yeah it was it was yeah it was very cool and and lucky for me now did you uh when it came to you know after high school did you did you go to school for acting or did you kind of i I went to i went to indiana university um and they they because they're misguided they just a couple of years ago gave me an honorary doctorate but um <laughs> come on I, that's awesome I, you deserve it I, yes I dr do banks teach. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it um i teach every once in a while and i just did uh, i just did something online for them a couple nights ago um i owe a lot to indiana university a lot a lot a lot and i mean they took a lot of rough edges off, and uh, again, it was. I, I thought when I got there that I was in a resort. I mean, Indiana is a beautiful campus, and that, and that is not an exaggeration. I thought I was in a resort. There were beautiful girls. There was nobody <laughs> hitting me in the mouth. It was it was terrific. Now I read you were classmates with Kevin Klein there. Yeah. We well yeah we were both in the theater department and Kevin would play you know Prometheus and I'd be the slug down under the rock. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Now I mean uh, I go out for a lot of those same parts nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, real quick before we continue the show, um, I want to talk about a third generation family run business that I am very proud to be working with. Uh, Sennheiser is the number one, number top tier (laughs) microphone uh, company in the world. And we are so lucky that we are now recording our show using Sennheiser microphones and their headphones. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. We're, we're talking into Sennheiser MD42 microphones and using Sennheiser HD25 headphones, and these sound amazing. I mean, listen to Mike Black's voice. Listen to the rich and sumptuous soundscape that comes out of my voice oh. every time I speak into a Sennheiser. Absolutely. Go check out uh, their microphones and their sound equipment over at Sennheiser.com. All right, let's get back to the show. Now, now you have been playing Mike uh, on uh, Breaking Bad and then onto Better Call Saul for uh, for uh, any, uh, any, this is a, a long time now. Twelve this years is, or something? Yeah, this is a, a long period of time. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
what what has that been like for you to i mean because that that show is i mean better call salt is enormous the the finale of the first season is airing uh i mean of the of the season. season of yep. the fifth season is airing uh next week um what what has it been like for you to to watch this, this character grow and and help this character develop over oh, such just, a great amount of time just one second there was hold on there's another truck coming up here <laughs> Uh, anyway, how was it like? Um, now I got my mind on trucks. Um, <laughs> we might get to hear someone on beat up here. during this interview. We'll, which is we'll, nice. we'll, let's see you. Let's see you. Let's see you vamp through this one. Uh, <laughs> he, he, there might be gunplay. Uh, no, <laughs> no gunfire yet. <laughs> Didn't pull up the All right, I'm back. <laughs> What's it like to have played this as long? I mean, you know, my writers are, you know, we, you can't be around people this long. Either you, you loathe each other or you become friends. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and we're, and we're ever, we're dear friends. Now, do I agree with everything that they, they give Mike sometimes? Not always, but, yeah. but the, the thing I, I do know is that I'm always in safe hands mm-hmm. and wherever they're going to go with it, it's, it's going to be interesting, and um, and that's that, that's the case. And you know, there's I'll be doing Mike's backstory. I mean, I guess any character, if you're in, if you're invested in it, you're going to do the the backstory forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mike, especially, they made Mike so rich. Um, they really did, yeah. And he, and he, you know, it's just a it's just a great character. You know- when when Breaking Bad ended, uh, Mike had been sort of he became a fan favorite character. Mike yeah. Trout. He's only in the last three four seasons of of that show, right? Um, but he comes in, becomes an important part of the show. And then I remember that they started talking about doing this show called Better Call Saul, and it was going to be featured, you know, around Saul Goodman. And then the original talk was it was going to be a comedy, and every episode would be like he he. Uh, work on a case and you'd see that week's case and then it would move on. So what point did that shift and did you get like a call from Vince Gilligan saying like, hey, by the way, uh, we're going to make it a drama and it's going to be basically about uh, Saul Goodman, but it's also going to be about Mike Ehrmantraut just as much as it is about Saul. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, first of all, I, I, what, I don't pay a lot of attention or I don't, um, and I'm not being coy, but I don't, once something's done, it's done, and I, I had nothing but good feelings about, you know, Breaking Bad, and it had been a wonderful experience, and it was Peter Gould that called me, uh, because, you know, Saul was Peter's uh, idea, I think, you know, that, um, and he said, Vince and I had talked one time, um, and I, I had the Mylar balloons in Breaking Bad, and I send them up to the power lines and then kill people. But, um, <laughs> but, but before that I'd given my granddaughter three and told her, her mom, there was a, uh, uh, a background artist that was playing her mother up there. And I said, man, there's your mom. Hurry up. She's waiting for you. And off she went. Mm-hmm. And it was a cold day and Vince was directing the show in Albuquerque. And I went over to him and I said, you know, I said, that's my granddaughter. That's not my daughter. I said, whatever happened to Mike happened because of his son. And Vince, in his own inimitable style, went, mm, yeah, well, mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, and then we forgot about it. Breaking Bad ended and all that. And when I got the call from Peter, Peter said to me, do you remember when you talked about? <laughs> yeah. And oh, that's so he cool. said, and I said, yeah. And of course, then you get the backstory on Mike's son and Mike's responsibility for his death. Uh, yeah. So I uh, know I never realized that it was just going to be a comedy. You know, I think I've heard that before, and I just, you know, I didn't, I, I just didn't pay much attention. Mm-hmm. I went in and did what I do. And now. Uh... How physically demanding are some of the things they have you do on the show? Because, like, for example, last week's episode, you're out in the desert. Yeah. And I'm watching the show, and I'm like, this must be a nightmare to film. <laughs> yeah. It looked well, brutal. It, I don't recall. It, I, mean, I, I think I'm right. It was never below 100 degrees during the day. And it was, you know, it'd get up oh. to 110. And, oh, my God. Um, oh. 
you know, I mean, well, it's it's one of those things. I mean, one, one there are one or two people you get you get lightheaded. You got to make sure that you're taking electrolytes and doing stuff like that. Um, but it, it no, you know, and I listen. I just I'd give Vince a hard time all day long about <laughs> how miserable it was, and 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 it was and and. and I don't want him to know it, but you know, I just I had a great time. I thought it was wonderful. <laughs> He's not I mean, listening. what's more, what's more physically demanding is falling on my back at this age. You know, oh, it's yeah. one of those times. If if I get an overzealous young stuntman and I'm fighting with him, and all of a sudden he 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 brings my legs out from underneath me, it, <laughs> I don't I don't land as well as I used to. <laughs> You don't just pop back up. You worked uh, with um, uh, our our friend Matt Reedy at one point. Uh, do you know Matt Reedy? Uh, I will if you just remind me. Um, what he's is, a, he's a, 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 a like a. God, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to pull the thing. But uh, uh, him and I uh, worked on a project once. He's he's a a, a, a big tough guy, and he got Stephen. You don't to have do to make these... people up to impress. No, them. no, no. <laughs> he we we were doing a, a shoot, and he had to do a pratfall onto a mat, and uh, and the director I think made him do 15 pratfalls. And, oh, yeah. that's you know what, dude, get your shot. You know, yeah, you're like, yeah. come on. <laughs> What the fuck? Yeah. No. Now, the, now, the acting yeah. on Better Call Saul, uh, the only word I can use to describe it is remarkable. Like, the yeah. entire cast, everyone up and down from the tiniest character, everybody just does such a good job. And I have to say, you've been fantastic. You're nominated for an Emmy for playing this character five times as Mike Trout, I believe, right? Um, I think, yeah. And uh, I have to say, there was a scene about three weeks ago with Rhea Seahorn playing Kim Wexler that I think was the finest acting I've ever seen in my entire life, where she was impersonating uh, her, essentially her boss at Mesa Verde Bank, and she's like telling Jimmy about her day, yeah. and he makes her do it in in his voice. And I saw that, and I was like, if they don't just give everyone on the show an Emmy, they should just not have Emmys anymore. Like, what's the point? <laughs> what's the point? It's there so is true. no better acting than this on that show. Like, and you're so good on that show. I have to say, uh, I'm kissing your ass here a little bit, I guess, but you're fantastic, and I just want to say that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, I mean, they were, I, I noticed the other night, I mean, the guy who, who was playing the judge and I mean, on and on and on. It just oh, yeah. all the supporting characters. There's so many, many good, good roles that is so well, and it's, it's so well cast. Yeah. Well, you have a lot of you know, wonderful people that you get to work with. Um, I'd, I'd love if you, if you, uh, have any, uh, insight into these people. Um, if you could tell us maybe a little bit about, well, what it's I'll like. give you, I'll give you a Bobby Odenkirk story. Please. You know, Bobby and I were out, out in that Great. desert Yeah, Bobby and I out in that, in that desert and we sit down and we're under, under the tree when we first see the uh, car coming and that, and, uh, mm-hmm. and out of nowhere, comes this little black dog and lies down, lays down, lies down between us. <laughs> and, and, you know, and immediately the, the young, young people and people got water. They took her over to a truck, which was about 400 yards away and put her in the shade, gave her a little this, a little that later in the day, here comes this dog again. And, goes down between us because we're the only two sitting down in the desert. And, and so you got it because we were at Tahajali on the Navajo reservation and Tahajali is 800,000 acres, I think. And they, you have to, you have to ask the council, the tribal council to take anything out. Mm-hmm. And a couple of days later, and Bobby asked them and a couple of days later, uh, three days they they said okay so takes the dog into town goes to the, the vet you know get the mites out of the ears stuff like that and the doctor says this dog's pregnant and, <laughs> and he said a couple a couple of weeks and he said probably no four puppies she's small well a couple, couple of weeks went by and here came one puppy two puppies three puppies four puppies five puppies six puppies seven puppies oh eight my God. puppies eight puppies wow you know, yeah. Wow. Bobby found homes. Bobby and Ray, Ray Seahorn was there 
with birthing these things with um jeez oh, I'm going to I'm going to forget the woman's name but there was a there was a there was a wonderful woman on the set and I can't remember if she was a set medic or I can't remember anyway she knew how to do it so she she was there wow found home for all these dogs <laughs> That's and amazing. I get I get photos um I got photos. Patrick Fabian took mm-hmm. two. Took 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 Taj, the, or who his kids later named Lucky, mm-hmm. um, and one of the puppies. And he sent me a picture a couple of days ago, a photo a couple of days ago. And and <laughs> the puppy is just beautiful, and so is mom. And she <laughs> regained her girlish figure, and she looks great. <laughs> I can't and, imagine a more um, appropriate name than Lucky for a, a desert dog baby that is adopted well, by TV producers. <laughs> yeah. And interestingly enough that, um, that, you know, those dogs out in the desert, they, because they live a life on sand, that her, her, her splayed may not be the right word, but that's the image. Her, mm-hmm. her feet were yeah. splayed from walking on sand all the time. Really big pads. Anyway, when Bobby took her into town, the first time she ever saw grass, she very gingerly, you know, put her paw down on it because she'd never seen it before. Wow. And, yeah. yeah so that's, that's you know, so you asked me some an insightful about people. You know, you want to know who Bobby Odenkirk is? That's Bobby Odenkirk. Wow. That's awesome. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, I'd love to know what uh, what Vince Gilligan is like. What's uh, what... that miserable son of a bitch? <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> oh my god! You know, they, don't you don't you ever let him hear it. They don't get any better. He's 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 as straightforward and right there. And you know, there's there's no deceit in Vince. Vince is right up front. I yeah, and uh, so with this show, um, you've you've obviously played a lot of characters throughout your career, and you've done both comedy and drama. Like, is there, like, you're in this show, and it's ever, everything is very serious. Do you feel an urge to go back to doing some funny parts at some point, or is this sort of like you're okay with being the tough guy, and and you're happy to do this for a while? Well, somebody said to me the other. I mean, as far as a challenge goes, somebody said to me the other night. You know, they said, "Well, what Shakespeare have you done that?" And I thought, "And what would you like to revisit?" You know, I did um, Malvolio one time, and I don't think I did it as well as I would have liked to. Um, who's a total fop, right? you know? Yeah. And I would, I, I would love to do it again. Um, yeah, but right now, you know, here we are all locked down and stuff with a guy's goddamn truck in my driveway. And it's, um, it's, it's uh, oh, things are okay. I'm hey, fine. Is your shooting schedule being delayed by this lockdown in any way, or is it sort of not yet? Tough? We're supposed to, we're supposed to not yet. We're supposed to go back in September, and okay. um, and we'll see, we'll see. I hope so. I can't wait another two years for another season like this last night. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's, it's got to come back. I know they were yeah. doing a big thing yesterday going through all the issues that they're trying to work out, like how they're going to do craft service tables and yeah. things like that. Like they're trying to figure out – uh, you know how to do crowd scenes and things like yeah. that, but they're gonna fi- they're they'll gonna, figure they'll, it they'll out. get it. They're gonna they'll get it working. And, and I gotta say, I, I know it's not technically a comedy, but I have gotten big, oh. big belly laughs yes. just from your slow burns on characters mm-hmm. that just clearly didn't know what the hell they were doing. It's it's yeah. magical when it's the right combination of you and another actor. Yeah. You know. Well, it's like when when uh, when you play off against Bob Odenkirk, who is yeah. a comedy genius. Like I was a huge fan of his in the '90s with Mr. Show, with him and David Cross, and things like that. And he's always been such just a funny guy. And then when the two of you play off one another, and you're effectively acting as a straight man, yeah. your straight man role gets as many laughs as his funny <laughs> exactly. man part. Yeah. yeah. Any- well. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I saw you in the parking booth, I would I was already yes. halfway to laughing before anything yes. <laughs> even happened, you know. Yeah. 
well, before we uh, wrap this interview up, we have uh, uh, there's a couple of uh, projects and a couple of movies that we yeah. have to bring up. I was like, how dare you wrap this up? No, 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 <laughs> not yet. But we, but we do have just a couple that we have to talk to you about that are significant. Okay. Uh, Mike Black and I uh, recently went to the movie theater to watch Gremlins. Uh, ba- like in like where you know like uh, they were playing it at the uh, it was like a midnight Chinese. movie anniversary sort of thing. Yeah, they played it at the Chinese theater, and I, I got to tell you, uh, the 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 mom from the movie. Um, I'm trying to pull what her her name was. Francis Francis Lee Francis? McCain. Yes. Yeah. She, uh, they had her as a special guest to talk about her favorite parts in the movie. They brought her up in front of the entire audience, and they go, "What was, uh, what was it like filming the movie?" And she goes, "Ah, I don't have any specific memories about it, but it sure was fun." And they go, <laughs> <laughs> "They go, well, I mean, is there like an anecdote about what it was like working with, you know, Joe Dante?" And she goes, "You know, you really should have called Joe for this. I, I mean, I do work, and then I forget about it. I move on." And every single, it, it was like you could have gotten more memories from behind the scenes of Gremlins from an from a guy, a random guy on the street. Like she did not care at yeah, all. It was, it was kind of great how much was, she didn't care. It was so funny. She was so sweet, but at the same time, she was having the time of her life. Oh, she was having a great time, and her she had brought yeah. her grandkids to come watch it. She yeah. loved it. You know, they loved it. But oh my god, it was so funny. It was great. It's the line from the line from a Christmas Carol about Scrooge's funeral. If they serve lunch, I will go. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, What are are your memories from that film? Yeah, because you're 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 so funny in that movie. You know, I mean, it's one of those things where, well, I mean, Brady, you know, Scott Brady, who played the the sheriff, and I was his deputy. Yeah. But if you go back to Scott Brady, and Scott Brady and a lot of, you know, the the B-Westerns, for lack of a better term, but, I mean, there he was, and he was a leading man. And, you know, Scott died shortly after Gremlins, and he had a, um, uh, was walking around with one of those air packs so he could breathe. I think he had emphysema terribly. But Scott, Scott was one of those guys who was from a Hollywood era where he was a brawler, you know? They'd go into those bars on, on Sunset Boulevard, and, and somebody <laughs> would... It didn't take... You know, and your your manhood was always always at stake. You, you yeah. know, here, what do you say to me? God damn it. I you know. And, uh, no, but, and, I mean... <laughs> And I really liked his attitude, which was just terrible. Um, he just, he, you know, but it, it was it was it was all all bark, you know, and and yeah. and just fun to be around. But I remember Joe. You know, Joe was Joe was a kid. Joe was having a good time. Joe wore black high top tennis shoes, and and you know, and and was in his element. Um, and how he- good. The, Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, uh, what did you think the first time you saw one of the gremlins? Did you think this movie's going to be great or or <laughs> awful or what? You know, like. No, I mean, I didn't. Uh, hmm. I guess I, I was just I was just open, and then I was just amazed with the and, and puppetry is not the right word, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know if they only had four or five gremlins or six or seven gremlins, but there weren't many. Yeah, and. And what they did with it, and that movie still holds up. Oh, yeah, that movie it does. still holds yeah. up. Yeah. And, and no, that was just a, a a pleasure to work on. And when Polly, um, my brother, was on the set, uh, and on a warm summer evening, and I said, and he'd never been around it much, and he was standing out in the street. He said, hey, "Watch this. You're gonna you're gonna enjoy this." And it was when and he didn't know what was coming, and it's when the wheelchair flies out of the second story window. <laughs> yeah. And that I thought that's a, that's as a good a trip to the set as you're ever going to get. Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah, that stairlift. That's awesome. Like I think of that scene every time I see one of those commercials for a stairlift. Every <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. yeah, that scene in the uh, the Phoebe Cates, the the uh, Santa Claus got stuck in the chimney. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah. some, there's some great moments in that movie. It is yeah. uh, it is terrific, and you're you're terrific in it. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up. I mean, you're somebody who's gotten to play. Sometimes you get the role of a lifetime. 
obviously. Sure. And that's something that you're you're certainly in now. But earlier, you had another thing that had to be a role of a lifetime, which was to appear on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Oh, my oh. God. Matt! <laughs> Matt's a Walker! Every time <laughs> any he, excuse, he always excuse. finds a way to bring up Star Trek <laughs> Star in Trek. some way. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, you know, that was a fun role because yeah. it was – and the guy was – the guy couldn't die. Yeah. And he was he was con- because of whatever he'd done, which I can't remember. He you, was, you were he on was a moon. Four- uh, you, you'd been yeah. taken from a moon because you were in a war with your competing faction, and you two would kill each other over and over and over again because neither of you could actually die. Matt was hoping you didn't know yeah. so that he could tell you all of that. <laughs> <laughs> he lives <Yeah>. for it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, I really don't have much else to say about it. <laughs> No, I just I I really enjoyed that character in that you know you think you're a badass. Well, here we'll give you a badass. How about if you fight? You fight for eternity. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Can uh, you talk about yeah. one of my favorite movies? Uh, it's the comedy Armed and Dangerous with uh, John Candy and Eugene Levy. Yeah, yeah. Could you want me to talk about what what I remember from that was that. You know, we were shooting downtown. John had gone in. It was late. And John had gone in to lie down for a while. And um, apparently, for whatever reason, somebody forgot to ever wake him up. So <laughs> the sun came up the next day, and John walked out, and everybody was gone. But <laughs> they, nobody nobody told him to go home. <laughs> Amazing. You have in that movie, there is the union meeting, and one of my favorite lines of the entire movie is like they've all voiced their concerns, and you say, "It's your union. It's here to protect you. So shut up and sign the fucking forms." <laughs> God, it's one of my favorite lines of all time. Yeah, I've forgotten that one, but I I like that. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, before we wrap up, last uh, last uh, credit we wanted to pull is, of course, uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Now that mm-hmm. is uh, is a uh, another. This is a legendary film, amazing, an amazing cast. Eddie Murphy, you know, yeah. in his prime, you know, just killing it. Even though it's been great seeing him back recently, he's he's uh, he's you know still so talented, so cool. Um, what was that uh, uh, set like? What was that 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 movie like for you? That was great. I mean, Marty Brest, the director, I think is a terrific director. And yeah. um, and but you know, Eddie was very young and and very smart. And this was my impression of Eddie because I did Forty Eight Hours with him too. He really he really watched and he really listened. Um, I mean, for all of what, you know, he does and goes off and the, the rant or whatever, he also was very aware of what was going on. And, uh, I, I just, I, I, I liked it. I, I, I liked yeah. that. I don't know that humility is the right word, but, um, he was going to learn. And that was my impression. And, and. And yeah, and I think, I, yeah, that's it. Yeah, oh, that's uh, that's incredible. Well, uh, Jonathan, it is uh, such an honor to be able to chat with you, especially uh, you know with the with the uh, the finale of the season coming up, and everyone, we're all so excited to watch it. So, uh, thanks for making the time to to chat with us, and maybe at some point in the future we'll we'll be able to get you to come out to do our big live show when we're allowed to do live shows again. <laughs> All right. Yes. All right. Well, the truck's still in the driveway, guys. I'm standing here waiting. I'm right here. Oh, wow. Uh, boy, do I feel bad for that dude. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, he's in big trouble. All right, guys. Thank you, you Have a good day. Thank you. You too. Safe. Take care. Be safe. All right. Yeah. Bye-bye. Hey, uh, a quick thing I want to talk about, uh, Mike Black. I, I think this is uh, something that we we really should talk about, yeah. and uh, it's a um, a company yes. that was founded in 1983 in Tokyo, Japan, 
Of course, I'm talking about the Zoom Corporation. Zoom. Now, if, if it wasn't for Zoom, and Matt knows this, we would not be able to do our show. Um, they make the best audio equipment in the world. Um, we, wh- Which one are we using right now? We, we're recording onto a Zoom Live Track L8 right now, and when we go do our live events at conventions and stuff, we often use the Zoom H6, and they're both just fantastic pieces of equipment. You plug your microphones in, you plug your headphones in, and you're good to go. Yeah, I mean, whether you're a classically trained pianist or a run-and-gun filmmaker or a podcaster like uh, you know like us um yep yeah i do a ton of podcasts and i can tell by listening when they're using a zoom and when they're not yeah it's uh, the mark of excellence it yeah. really is uh go check it uh, go check out all their stuff over at zoom-na.com that's zoom-na.com be professional for god's sake zoom-na.com all right okay let's get back to the show all right, so that was Jonathan Banks. Yeah, that was interview. so cool. His, awesome. his neighbor is going to get killed. Yeah, he's yeah. going to yeah. yeah. yeah, murder that guy <laughs> he'll, for sure. He'll probably this. die. If he's lucky, he'll die of a heart attack when he sees yes. whose <laughs> driveway he's been blocking. <laughs> if he's not lucky, he'll shallow grave. Chained to a radiator. Somewhere in Modesto. I'm going to – I got to give it up. To Matt Walker mm-hmm. for coming up with the idea to have Jonathan on the show uh, yeah, because he, he came up with it literally just a couple of days ago and uh, and very smart of you, sir. Yeah. Because these people, they're all great, on lockdown. Time. Yeah, like, nobody's yeah. working. I know. So we got to figure out the time to do it. Yeah. If you are listening, if you're listening to the to the podcast, let us know who else you would like to see on the show. Uh, because everyone is in yeah, lockdown. shoot for the moon because nobody's yeah. working right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you who's on my list. Do you want to hear who's on my list? Yeah. Richard Dreyfus. He's yeah, on my that. list Great. Of, oh, yeah. of someone that I'd love. Uh, uh, Chuck Norris is mm-hmm. on my list right now, and uh, and Sylvester Stallone. Those are the three that I'd, I'd like to try to I would throw after. Steven I'd... Seagal in there. I, I don't think Steven Seagal is in. Isn't he in Russia? He is in Russia. Oh, he's he in moved, Russia. I thought he moved like somewhere. He was like – he did that show where he was like an I, actual deputy for a sheriff in like Louisiana for a while. Yeah. And yeah. then he was in Russia for a while. And I don't know where he is now. I can't imagine oh. him moving that far away from Native American clothing. <laughs> <laughs> like he has to be able to access that. He as, has to be able to access as Native as American clothing Perhaps at all going, times. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps he's going earlier because the natives came over the land bridge from Asia. So he's <laughs> oh, just back to their Siberia go. or there something. There we go. Uh, yeah. Mike Black, who would you like to see on the show? Elvis Presley. Okay. All I right. Think would be great. He would be great. He's a yeah. real get. <laughs> um, Love it. No man. There's so many people. Uh, I still the one that I would love to have on here to talk to would be Lance Henriksen. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Character actor from Alien. Oh, yeah, Pred- yeah. The first guy to be killed by a Terminator, Alien, and Predator. <laughs> Holy wow. shit. You know. Have there been others who've been killed by all three? Uh, Bill Paxton, the late Bill okay, Paxton. Okay, so Bill Paxton was the second. Was, yeah. yeah and, uh, yeah. Bill Paxton's in, dead? They had kind yeah. of a rivalry. Yes. When did Steven. Bill Paxton die? Like five years ago. He sent you a note that he was going to do it. Oh, my he, God. He oh, it. Paxton. And by the way, <laughs> oh, Bill Paxton <laughs> made a movie called Frailty that if you haven't seen is so good. Oh, yeah. I remember that movie with Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. And he, he wrote and directed that film. It was his first directorial effort. And I remember watching it on DVD or something, and it was like a movie Powers that didn't do Booth. much in the theater. Yeah. And I saw it, and I was like, how is this not considered one of the greatest horror films of all time? It is excellent. Yeah. Uh, Steven, you should watch it tonight in honor okay. of his passing in the dark. five years Paxton, ago. In Paxton. the dark at one in the morning, <laughs> yes. you should watch that movie. Okay. You well, will shit your pants. <laughs> it, it, can't, it can't be more terrifying than The Platform which ruined five nights of sleep for me. <laughs> There's a movie you, called The Platform. Have you seen The no, Platform? It it's about? on Netflix. It's about Greg Luganis diving in the 1984 Olympics, and he hits his head on the platform. Oh, it's not okay. Oh. No, no, no. no that's not oh, I thought, no. at first I thought Matt was kidding, <laughs> and now it sounds awful. No, no The Platform <laughs> is, a, is a Netflix movie where it's like a pl- – all these people are on these different floors mm-hmm. and on the t- if you're on the top floor if you're on like floor one two three four five those they have a, a platform full of food that comes down to you and then mm-hmm. you get to eat the food and then it you only have like one minute to eat and then the platform moves to the lower level and by the time it gets down to like level 40 there's like almost no, no food, food left, left. Right. and then uh there are 333 floors Oh god. Of prisoners, mm-hmm. of like people in this prison. Yeah. And uh and and then every 
month you fall asleep, gas comes out of the vents, and you go to sleep, and they move you to a different floor. And so sometimes you're on floor 7, sometimes you're on floor 200. And Mm -hmm. the difference in the fucking absolute nightmare <laughs> meal quality yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah of like what's happening to people on those different floors is wow. terrifying i like how steven doesn't care about it being a prison or losing his freedom but the meal quality the meals <laughs> it's about the meals anyways anyways um i i think i, I think it's a, a great time for us to yeah. you didn't go, ask me who i want to have on the yeah show. who do you want well, yeah, i know who you want on the show <laughs> captain kirk yes <laughs> captain kirk leonard nimoy's ghost <laughs> It is William Shatter and Patrick Stewart are the two number one and two. Patrick Stewart, who is currently reading Shakespeare sonnets every day. Yes, a sonnet every day. Until this is over. Oh, I love that. Yeah, a sonnet a day. You know what what, uh, our our followers need to be uh, checking out, if they're not already checking it out, which they should be, is uh, the Mike Black Minute, which Mike Black is posting every single night. Yeah. These are... Uh, sometimes uh, very revealing and sometimes a very hilarious <laughs> and sometimes but, uh, just stupid. When we say yeah. revealing, we <laughs> yeah. mean uh, not physically revealing. No, yeah, no, no. Which would make a you whole not other, want to tune in. Whole other demographic <laughs> yes. that tunes in for that. <laughs> I love these minutes, Mike Black. It is, Thank it you is so a much necessary thing. No, I think it's necessary. I think it's important. And, <laughs> it's uh, very important. It's fun. It's fun to listen to. Um <laughs> Also, uh, your, uh, you know, if if you need if you need extra content, uh, extra episodes of another podcast to be listening to, your uh, other show. Oh, I do uh, the Power Pals. Power Pals well. podcast, very fun. You can go back and listen to them yeah. talk yeah. about jerking it's, each other off. With. It's basically <laughs> nerdy and dirty. Is, yeah, is the simplest way we can put it. Speaking of know. other podcast, I should bring up the podcast that you and I did, Stephen. Because oh yeah, yeah. no, no, no I, yeah, want, yeah. I want to talk about uh, that too. Yeah, uh, I saw a post on Facebook yesterday. Uh, by my friend Orlando, uh, who posted a thing about Orlando this. Bloom, uh, your, your good pal. <laughs> yes, yes, my good friend. Uh, he posted a thing about uh, a news story in New York about a man who killed his father and ate him. And then I posted a comment. I was like, oh, this, I was like, oh, I'm unavailable for this jury, but it sounds kind of close to the one I was on. (laughs) And they're like, wait, what? What are you talking about? I was like, oh, you don't know. And I did a whole podcast on it. And that's a podcast I did with Steven called Juror Number 8 about my experiences as a member of a jury uh, for a murder trial for a man who killed and dismembered and maybe ate his mother. Wow. And and here's the thing is, I hate... True crime. I hate true crime. Yeah. I do not enjoy listening to true crime podcasts or <laughs> yeah. true crime stories. And it makes it and, that much better. And and it's just Matt telling me the story and me hating every moment of it. Yes. So you should absolutely listen to Matt it. Matt trying to get Steven to throw up is basically. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, I think I made it so he didn't sleep for a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely freaked me out yeah. for sure. Because we, we uh, did it in two sessions, the recording. There's five episodes. <laughs> and when we came back for the second session – he was like already like <laughs> white as a sheet. Yeah, he was not yeah, ready I, to do I it. I was yeah. not ready for that. Um, anyways, uh, guys, leave us some comments. Share, share, share. And um, and if you're if you know someone in your life that is a Better Call Saul fan, share this episode Please with them. Do, Let yeah. them see it. We we want people to to really digest uh, what an amazing interview that was with him. Yeah. So cool. And if you haven't look back at our previous episodes uh, mm-hmm. now that you have time to kill. Yeah. Uh, uh, we have done some doozies. Uh, the the one that I wish I had been part of <laughs> was the Goodfellas fantasy camp that you oh, guys yes. had at Paul Sorvino's house. Paul Sorvino's oh, house, where he man. made us he made us uh, <laughs> a pasta dinner, singing opera while he cooked for us. Awesome. Yeah, no, that was a really good one. Um, Ed Asner, Ed in Asner, a room full of Emmys and knives. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, the, there's there's some in there that you know. Ethan when, Suplee, <laughs> Ethan Suplee's interview was yeah. insane. Off the- fucking hook it was so good yeah, yeah. E- even yeah. um w- 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 like episodes like when we recorded them that i was like oh god i am so uncomfortable like the episode with tom um what's his name uh, uh the guy that uh, tom hanks 
No. No. <laughs> no. 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 The the one with the guy who was in Natural Born Killers and oh, Tom Sizemore. Tom Sizemore. Yeah. I left that interview so incredibly uncomfortable <laughs> with everything that was happening, yeah. and I just recently went and re-listened to it, and my God, it's terrifying and fun. Yeah. To, He's fascinating. Yeah, he is a yeah. fascinating He's an character. Case. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so check out the show. Listen to the show. Subscribe. Uh, leave us comments. Share. Let us know who you'd like to see on the show. Um, if you need to, you want to follow us on the social media. Matt, where can people get you? Uh, you can find links to everything at funnymat.com, or um, if you are upset with me in any way, you can let me know at mattwalkersucks.com. Love it. And uh, Mike, where can people get you? All social media at Mike Black Attack. Uh, you can always get me at Stephen Glickman, S T P H E N on. Uh, Glickman, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, Glickman on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and the TikToks. What? What? That I'm pushing TikTok? <sighs> like he has stopped. Really? <laughs> oh, I'm I'm pushing TikTok every day, oh, buddy. I, I push know. TikTok every day. Yeah. You know, do you know how many followers I went up this week? Forty thousand. <sighs> Forty thousand followers on TikTok. Up forty thousand. I'm at two hundred and ninety eight thousand followers Jesus on TikTok Christ. right now. <sighs> I posted a video an hour ago that has 4,704 views. No. Yesterday, many, I did. I posted one that has 29,000 views. How many views do you think you would get if you did one of those dances? If you do the ratchet, bougie dance, how many views do you think you'd get? <laughs> I don't know, but I told – you know I've been telling the Snoop Dogg story about me smoking weed with yeah. Snoop Dogg? I've told that fucking story on our podcast yeah, twice. Yeah. I've told it on Instagram. I've told it on Twitter. I've told it in threads. I've told it on Facebook. I've told it live. Yes. I've t- I I did it on Ari Shafir's This Is Not Happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no one Care. gives a shit. And then I did it on uh on TikTok and it did now suddenly two point seven million views. Two point seven million. Now the that's world more is than listening. everything I've ever posted <laughs> on anything. Because that's just how fun all these kids that's where they all the are. They're is, all on the TikToks. When are you gonna are do the, the dance? All right, I'll start learning a dance. I'm going to learn a dance and do a dance. Um, I <laughs> have that'll to, be the first of many. <laughs> I have to say, uh, 47 million as, uh, <laughs> as, uh, as a, a straight man, uh, I missed both of your faces. I'm so happy to see uh, friends I again. I am about to wipe Gross. everything down because yeah. you touched it and gave it your cooties. Yeah. Good. Please do. Wipe me down. Wipe me down. No. No, you're going to stand on the I other side of the room. Wiped. Um, I that sounded disgusting. <laughs> that uh, please delete that. Thanks so much for listening to the nighttime show. We love you guys. I Good forgot night. what our safe word is. <laughs> oh Say it. God. Oh no. Barnacle. Barnacle. Oh.